I want this podcast to be a place for fun and living an authentic life, having freedom of thought and freedom to feel feelings, and that includes the sticky stuff sometimes. A place to belong, a place to feel wanted. I hope a year from now, new listeners will be catching on. I hope their love of what we have established here will make them decide to go back to the beginning. Start from here, episode one. And I hope they'll be proud of me for creating something spectacular out of such a crappy experience. Hi, I'm Davi Kermans. You're listening to Davi the Scapegoat, the podcast for outcasts. I survived a toxic family, and I believe you can too. And if you're struggling in that kind of atmosphere, I'm going to be your new bestie. We'll get through this together, my friend. I know I can help you with my perspective, my opinions, and my story. I bet I know why you're here. You're here because you're looking for a place you belong. You're lost. You know what it's like to be the black sheep, the weirdo, the misfit, the oddball, the target, the outcast, the scapegoat. If you're here, you've probably been alienated for your feelings. If you're here, you've probably been distanced for asking too many questions. If you're here, you've probably been punished for other people's actions. If you're here, you've probably been edged out by an unhealed individual. If you're here, you've probably been called sensitive for your response to their insensitivity. If you're here, you've probably been called passive-aggressive for your reaction to their active aggressions. And if you're here, you've probably had the concept of gratitude weaponized against you. And, well, if none of that is you, then you're here because you know in your big old heart that something is fishy, something ain't quite right, something is amiss. Askew. It's giving bullshit. Very sus. All cap. And we love to solve a good crime, don't we? Unsolved mysteries gave us way too much anxiety as kids, and we gotta know who done it. As adults, we're all piling into the metaphorical mystery machine, and by that, we're crawling into bed, smoking weed, eating chips, and scrolling through Twitter to solve mysteries. No matter which individual you are, You're right where you belong. I see you. I hear you. I've been there too. I promise it gets better. And your voice matters. So, what is a scapegoat? It's worth a Google. Scapegoating refers to the act of blaming a person for something bad that has happened or that someone else has done. Scapegoating can happen to protect the image of the family or people who are favored in the family. Now this can be implemented in family dynamics or within the workplace. You ever heard someone in a leadership role push the we're a family agenda? Often that means the leader wants to abuse the group with no accountability or repercussions. It's also used to exploit labor out of subordinates without the added compensation. These dynamics breed biased favoritism. Calling your business family has proven to be a red flag for toxicity. Work is work. Family is family. The two should be separate. 
and a good manager will know the difference. How do you know if you're the scapegoat? Scapegoats tend to be the most sensitive member of the family and potentially a whistleblower when it comes to obvious dysfunction. For these reasons, your family members might feel uncomfortable when you're speaking up. They prefer to freeze you out. When you persist in speaking your truth, you might find that family members will try to discredit you. They may even go so far as to humiliate you in front of others. And they have difficulty acknowledging and accepting your thoughts as a person, and that results in their negative behavior. If you are portrayed in a negative light to others, you may be the scapegoat. Hearing insults and disparaging comments can be discouraging, and you'll feel more discouraged if your family may have painted you as an unlikable person to others. If you're the family scapegoat, you may find that your character is publicly attacked at every opportunity. Your family may want to convince others that you are not worthy of respect in a potential effort to not admit themselves of their role in the family's dysfunction. If you have difficulty putting up boundaries, then you may be the family scapegoat. Gaslighting is common in dysfunctional families, makes it challenging for abused individuals to set boundaries, and it's hard to recognize when other people's behavior crosses the line. They're more likely to believe that they're exaggerating, being too sensitive, can't trust their judgment. Being labeled the scapegoat can cause trauma. You're being deprived of love. You're being singled out as the bad one in the household. And you struggle to believe that you're good or worthy or likable. Growing up in this type of atmosphere can also result in these individuals entering friendships, romantic relationships, and working environments that are abusive and harmful. You know the old saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice? Well, shame on me. <sighs> Full disclosure, I don't really know what I'm doing here. I don't know my intentions. I don't know where this is going. There's a lot I don't know right now. What I do know is you want answers. You want to know why this happens. What I do know is my story is going to help someone out there. My story will make a difference. And I do know that I'm grateful for you. I appreciate you being here. I do know who my true friends are nowadays. I do know that I'm having a delightful time getting to know this new me that thrives in a loving environment. I do know that on the other side of rejection is power and fulfillment. I do know that you deserve to hear what happened from my perspective. As they say, when it rains, it pours. Life started sounding like a sad country song for a minute there. I got COVID for my birthday, and then I got fired from my job as a morning show co-host after a decade of loyalty. And then my air conditioner bit the dust and my car broke down, and people that were sent to harass me at my home caused my elderly dog to suffer an injury to his spine. And as if things couldn't get any worse... Klondike went and discontinued the Choco Taco after 40 years. Every day, the universe supplied me with another swift kick to the crotch. It was rough. I realized something, though. Yes, the expensive stuff. 
has gone really wrong. Home repairs, car repairs, vet bills, physical therapy, medical bills, all the expensive inconveniences all at once. But the priceless stuff has gone really right. The heartwarming joys are flourishing, and I have been taken aback with the amount of support and love that I have received from people all over the nation in our struggling little industry. People that worked with me way back when, people that want to work with me now, and why? Well, per them, I'm fun to work with. Per them, I'm talented and I'm driven. Per them, I'm friendly, I'm innovative, I'm great with people. Most notably, I've been told that I'm genuine. I feel you can't prosper in the same place of employment for over 12 years without those attributes being noticed and acknowledged. Upon gaining all of this information from my professional peers, I feel like it's time to break away from the old patterns of radio. I want to move on from the manufactured drama and illusions. It's time to start a podcast where I can be authentically real. No restrictions. No censorship. No facade. No more unreciprocated efforts of kindness. Just me and the folks that inspire me. My comrades that not only hear me, but they listen. My friends that make me feel at ease. My customized calm. My comfort humans. I'm in a positive place right now. But being totally transparent, I wanted to not exist for a minute there. I wanted to retreat, hibernate, disappear. Now was my chance to run away from the materialism and the greed. Live a quiet life far away on a farm with a big fluffy dog and porch swings and noodle salad. But my partner wouldn't let me. And my friends wouldn't let me. And a lot of really wonderful mentors in the industry weren't going to let me either. And I used to think, they must all be bananas to believe in me. My inner monologue used to disagree. Called me a do-nothing bitch all the time. But something has changed within me. And I find I'm way more receptive to compliments about my abilities. Because over the last couple of years, I've finally proven myself to me. It may have been doing the work and healing myself with more ADHD-focused therapies. It may have been doing more stand-up and gaining more confidence in who I am as a comic. I mean, I always felt more comfortable calling myself a foul-mouthed party clown rather than calling myself a comedian, but nowadays, I actually think I got this. I definitely felt the love on my comedy tours, getting to know some really amazing people in Charleston, Nashville, Fort Wayne, Indy, Fort Worth. Kansas City and all over the state of Georgia. I've been so fortunate to hang with hilarious, hardworking local heroes like Dedrick Flynn, Ryan Lil, Aaron Montgomery, Jared Scott, Michael Moses, Brian Moot, Linda Stogner, Tristan Newell, Aaron Scarborough, and my husband, Blair Crimmins of Blair Crimmins and the Hookers. I've spent my whole life convincing myself that I thrive on a team. That I'm only as good as the group I'm with. That I, as an entertainer, bring out the best in others, and that's why I truly shine. But these comics inspired me, motivated me, helped me grow. 
they gave me some much needed guidance. And in turn, I realized my potential to stand on my own. And once you grasp that you can do it alone, you become unstoppable. If I didn't have that, if I wasn't in such a great place when all of this went down in May of this year, it surely would have destroyed me. I had mistakenly made my day job a priority over everything in my life. And I nearly allowed my character and abilities to be determined by a coworker's incessant negative opinions of me. I almost relinquished my shine to their darkness. And how easy it would have been for me to become guarded and isolate, to cuddle back into the comfort of defense mechanisms to keep people out, to put up walls and boundaries to hide, to protect myself. But I chose not to dwell on those thoughts. Instead, I was on the phone, clearing jokes and tweets and statements with my lawyers. I sold out shows. I cheered up crowds of wonderful folks that were really bummed out about me getting terminated. I got back on the microphone and collaborated with amazing people. And I used my humor to survive a trying time, like I always have. Energy flows where the focus goes. My focus has been on being triumphant all year. And for that reason, I smile today. August 15th of 2021 was the deadline I was given to sign a three-year contract with my former employer. I wanted to have a face-to-face -face conversation about a few concerns before I signed anything. I was apprehensive, and I was looking for some communication and some insight on my role. I tried to schedule a lunch meeting with my boss, but he's a really busy guy. He's got other priorities, so it took some time. But I was told that my delay in signing was a, quote, deep sign of disrespect. I was called, quote, unprofessional. I was accused of, quote, devaluing the show. And then I was blamed for, quote, adding unnecessary tension because I, quote, made him feel unappreciated. Now, who would have guessed the girl who learned to manage the emotions of those around her as a survival skill would grow into this hyper-focused, hyper-vigilant, people-pleasing, grown woman with poor boundaries? Yes, I reverted back to my former self in that moment, the people-pleaser. I still had apprehensions given the inconsistent studio climate, but I signed the contract to avoid the accusations of quote, unnecessary tension. Five months later, I contacted management about toxic workplace behaviors by one of my teammates. I narrowly avoided termination for my objection to this treatment then. Another four months after that, proof of egregious and hostile workplace behaviors by this teammate was revealed to the staff. Management complimented me on my professionalism during this tumultuous time. One week later, I contacted an attorney, a specialist in employment law, because I feared I would be terminated due to the behaviors of this staff member. One month later, on a Monday afternoon, I was fired by my employer 
over the course of a six-minute Zoom call. My former family cracked the microphone the next morning with written statements, which they revealed were written, quote, over the weekend. They killed off my character in a nine-minute on-air segment. From my perspective, they spent more time carefully crafting how the listeners would perceive them. Speaking of their love for me, calling us a family, and emphasizing their protective nature without displaying a trace of that in their recent actions. I felt the listeners got more of an explanation about my termination than I did, and yet that still left them more confused. I felt the same. I was prohibited from saying goodbye after over a decade of loyalty. It all ended with my eulogy and I wasn't even invited to my own funeral. This all put a bad taste in my mouth. It just didn't add up, but then it did. What do they gain by expressing love for me? Easy. They fool the public to continue thinking the family dynamic is real and authentic. What do I gain by telling the truth about what happened? Just my freedom. Shortly thereafter, I declined signing away my voice and my truth. I was let go with two years remaining on my contract. The small severance package offered was not worth my silence. I once read, Choosing silence is just wasting energy trying to prove a point. So, I decided to protect my energy, as it is precious, and I refused to let it be wasted any longer by them. I rejected the role I was assigned by the group masquerading as a family. For the first time in years, I felt strong, powerful, and steady. In this realm, I found the me I'm supposed to be. August 15th felt like a symbolic day to introduce myself to the public again. That's why I decided to announce this podcast on August 15th. It was my goal. A new start. No pressure. No broken promises. And no, quote, unnecessary tension, like last year. Just hopes, dreams, optimism, and a whole heap of kind souls that believe in me and support me. And for my launch party and first episode to drop on August 22nd, 22, Serendipity. As I've teamed up with my friends and mentors at 1022 Projects to help me in this new adventure, it's all very exciting. But I know I don't get to decide how I will be perceived. That's entirely up to you. Let's say I tell the truth. My truth, I share my side of what happened. I already know what you're going to call me. As a woman, 
many will say that I wasn't classy about it. You'll be throwing out old-fashioned terms like unladylike, or say I should have been more demure. But why would I be reserved when I have nothing to hide? Some will say that I'm ungrateful for the opportunities I was given. Some will say I'm being disrespectful to my former employer. I know these are the words that master manipulators use to dismiss your concerns, discredit your voice, and invalidate your struggle. Turns out that's a big reason why I signed a contract last year when I guess I shouldn't have. I allowed gratitude and appreciation to be weaponized against me. Good news is, I am impervious to these manipulations now. I am a different person than I was last August. I won't fall for that ever again. So, don't waste your breath. Some will say, why are you still talking about this? I didn't get to talk about it until now. They did. Why do they get the final word? Because there's money, power, a platform? Well, not today, Satan. This is a revolution, bitch. Some will say, you should take the high road. I got the wind knocked out of me, and you expect me to be climbing hills? I'm not about to take the high road when I can barely breathe. The altitude sucks up there and I'm prone to migraines anyways. And you know what else? I don't even mind if you call me bitter. I welcome it. By definition, you're saying that I am unhappy or upset with being subjected to unfair treatment. Calling me bitter means you're admitting there was an injustice here. So we agree on that. I've heard tell that I'm being portrayed as a villain, knowing that a villain is a character performing evil actions, the person causing harm. There's a big difference between being a villain and being villainized by a group of influential talkers. You know the difference. If I've learned anything over the last two months, it's that we really shouldn't underestimate the listeners. Y'all are sharp. Some will even say I'm playing the victim. So which is it, fam? I'm a villain or a victim? I say neither. I'm the goat, baby. The greatest of all time. I have reached my ultimate form. I am strong. I see all. I am no victim. I'm a gift. So long as you have Davi the scapegoat... You'll never have to discover or accept the real problem. You're welcome. I wanted communication. It's what we do for a living, so it really shouldn't be that hard. I've learned that communication is important, but not if there is no sense of understanding. My coworkers' desire to misunderstand me was far too strong. Sometimes you just have to forgive people that aren't sorry and move on. I accepted that. I didn't need the conversation with any of them anymore. Why? Because ultimately, I'm validated in my concerns. I was 100% correct in my suspicions about this person. 
I was alienated, ostracized, and systematically ousted by this person. I was no longer a member of this family. In my perspective, I feel management affirmed all of my suspicions when they dismissed my concerns, gave me no concrete answers, and abruptly fired me. They heard the vile recordings from our teammate. They said they love me. They said they're protective of me. Yet the ensuing circumstances beg the question. How could they not foster that very same bigotry and contempt when they respond to it in this way? Sometimes you have to become your own advocate. So here's how I intend to protect me. I want this podcast to be a place for fun and living an authentic life, having freedom of thought and freedom to feel feelings. And that includes the sticky stuff sometimes. I hope this is a place to have opinions with a backbone, be welcome to disagree and give advice with heart, a place to belong, a place to feel wanted. I hope a year from now, new listeners will be catching on. I hope their love of what we have established here will make them decide to go back to the beginning. Start from here, episode one. And I hope they'll be proud of me for creating something spectacular out of such a crappy experience. For those of you that are here now, I thank you for your immense support. I'm grateful for your listening ear and your all-seeing eye. I'm blessed you were my voice during that period of silence. I recognize how lucky I am that you have my back. I'm glad we can be here for each other. I'm not going to call you my family because I got kind of a jacked up view on family these days. The internet calls you my followers, which makes me feel like some kind of cult leader and I'm not going to lie, that does sound pretty freaking dope. But I'm not going to ask you to drink any tainted Kool-Aid. I will ask you for a couple things. Firstly, I want to ask for your patience as I get to know myself in this new space of being a business owner and a creator of a brand new adventure. I promise I won't let you down. And secondly, I want to ask for what might be the most important favor of all. Give me five stars. Being forced out of my career in such a public way pretty much guarantees the presence of keyboard trolls. They've been preparing for months. I see them. Without regard to my talent, survival, years of hard work, they're waiting to pounce. There are a number of people that hoped my termination would destroy me, but it didn't. They still want to silence me, erasing my testament and all their secrets. I see all the suspicious social accounts created after I started my new projects. I know the harassment is imminent, so I need you to give this podcast, Davi the Scapegoat, a five-star review. As a safety shield of encouragement, and I thank you, and I am so grateful. We're not family. You're not just followers or listeners. You're my friends. 
and friends care, and friends relate. And when friends see what they think is suffering, they respond with warmth and love, not dismissal. After my termination on June 14th, when I started having a hard go of it, my true friends showed up for me. My comfort humans came to the rescue. And I can't wait for you to meet them. In your next episode, I'll introduce you to comfort human number one, comedian Dedrick Flynn. Thank you for listening to Davi the Scapegoat, the podcast for outcasts. Maybe you're looking to be cheered up, inspired, championed, or comforted. Maybe you're looking for a new bestie to help you navigate through the toxicity. Or maybe you're just looking for someone else to blame shit on. We'll look no further than the greatest of all time. Davi the Scapegoat. I'm the best at being the worst. Your bluff and turn up the cards. You're pretty facing enough to burden my heart. Devil help you, girl, cause soon you're gonna see that you'll never dealt with in a demon like me. So save your face and save your pride. Save those tears you'll try to cry. Maybe you'll think twice before you go try.